This is the Jabberjaw Podcast Network. Let's throw a party when I graduate MIT. We're going to go bowling naked. Welcome to Friend or Foe. This is Devlin Wilder, and today is a very special day on Friend or Foe. I have the very lovely and amazing uh, super comedian and sex positive Lana Turner, and uh, this is the first of well this is uh this is a pod swap episode right which apparently is right up your alley <laughs> <laughs> that's right <laughs> and and i since i'm sex positive which i i'm not used to being called that which i like but you um, are Where but uh yeah this is a pod so you guys are also um going to be able to listen to this audio on perfect 10 podcast which i love being able to pod swap because we get to know each other's audience this way absolutely so cool <laughs> Here we go. This episode and show would still like to be sponsored by Mountain Dew Label Series. Unleash the intensity of the newest and boldest dew. Now in crafted three incredible flavors in 16-ounce cans, including Black Label Dark Berry, Green Label Green Apple Kiwi, and White Label Tropical Citrus. Do the dew. Sponsor this podcast. Hey, everybody. How's it going? Oh. <laughs> Lana Turner. Wow. Welcome, Lana. Thank you. I Thank you. It's so good to be here. I've never been called sex positive before. Well, you, well, you really are. I've, I listened to... I. I didn't go through your entire uh, <laughs> anthology of, of shows. There, it's it 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 is. Um, I can't help it. I'm very like yeah. I've got to. No apologies mind. needed. Uh, We're very sex positive on this show too. Oh, okay. Good. Um, and I don't get to talk about it enough, honestly, because you know, here's the thing. It took me a long time. Uh, I didn't have sex until I was 31, which is nuts in this day and age. But that's the way it happened. I came from a very conservative, tiny, small town, small town mentality. You know, it took me a long time to really broaden my horizons. And it's one of the reasons I'm I'm an actor and performer. You know, it. I'm an extroverted introvert, as they say. And I'm, uh, I, I really have to push my own boundaries. I really have to um, indoctrinate myself to to be, um, it, it took me a really long time to to find myself mentally, spiritually, and sexually. Yeah, I'm still trying to find myself. I Are mean, you? I can, yes, I can talk about sex because, and, and as a female comic, I can, you know, go to places that other people can't because I don't think I'm, I, I haven't treated myself that well in the sex department. I'm, I'm newly single. I, I want to now start exploring my own sexuality. And I do that a lot by talking to other people who are very sexually liberated. But I was actually 21 when I lost my virginity. So mm. 31 is a lot older, but still 21 is considered kind of even old for, you know, people today. It is now. Yeah. yeah. It's, it seems to be, which is, is dumb. It's just dumb. No, I but mean, I, you, I, you, you, you have the experience when you have the experience. Right. It's for you. Like, yeah, there's no rushing. It just, I also didn't have very many partners. I got, I met my now ex-husband at at 24 so I'd only had like three partners before I met him and so I really didn't get to know myself in that area as well as I would like to now so I I like talking about it a lot with people and I, I mean I'm fascinated by like people in the porn industry and people who are just so open a lot of a lot of women that I know are really liberated and I I love it I'm but I'm not 
and I'd like I'd like to be, but I, I find just that I find not. that so interesting because you talk about it so openly on your show. Yeah, it's uh, but you sucks. but you really do. Uh, that's that's very Maybe interesting. Maybe it's just to really hear. on my mind. <laughs> I mean, I I'm really like deprived right now. Like it's been a long enduring divorce, and even when I was married, like it was pretty bad there for a long time in that department. So I'm I'm. You know, I'm probably focused on it. But you brought that to a whole new perspective with your Limeade yes, video, thank you. which is really incredible. I I was uh, I was just watching it right right before I uh, came over here, and it's just it's wacky and shamelessly sexual, and also very cathartic. Yeah, that's a good word to describe the process for me. I I got really lucky being able to do that project. So basically, it's a visual album. It's called Limeade because it came out around this year with Lemonade. You know, I just kind of hooked on to that idea of, you know, I mean, I loved Lemonade. So, um, So it's, yeah, it's a visual album, 10 songs tracing my divorce and the five stages of mourning. So, yeah, it was cathartic for sure. I mean... Uh, those videos I'm crying in those videos I was really crying <laughs> on set like that wow. was real yeah so it it was a process I'm very blessed I got to do that I I really enjoyed it it's it speaks a lot of different volumes you know um as you're as you're going through the process and I um I noticed I was just I was just reading through the comments I mean of course there were a lot of trolls but there were also <laughs> a lot of um really positive comments on there that you were you know uh I get helping. comments every day now from people that, that stumble into it I mean it's sort of I I want it to get viral. I want it to go big and have people see it. And it's in just the first few months, it's gotten over 30,000 views. So it's doing well. Um, and almost every day I get something from somebody via Twitter or whatever direct message to somebody saying, my guy, I just I'm going through something. And I, that was really cool. Or some pervy dude like, I really like the masturbation oh, yeah. video. Because <laughs> <laughs> you can watch the individual videos, too. That, um, and the one video, oddly, that's had the most hits is the masturbation one. <laughs> I'm not sure why. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that one seems to be taking on a life of its own. <laughs> Indeed. Yeah. <laughs> but I've had to do a lot of that, you know? I just, I feel like... Like it might become a problem for me. <laughs> I'm like on my own so much. So no, it keeps I, me I don't sane. think so at all. I'm happy. I, I, absolutely. I I think you you really do so much not only in your show but in your in your stand up and things that you you're always broadening yourself and and expanding and 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 finding more things out and the connections that you're making out in the comedy world and you've you've had such an uh, uh, an eclectic mix of people on your show as well like um i was listening to the big mike oh, show yeah. and all his really incredible and very i i couldn't believe the stories that he was telling i know right when I came, okay, so the podcast has had an evolution. I mean, it's been on for a long time and it's had different phases. It's, I started originally because I wanted evergreen content. So uh, for my ex-husband, my ex-husband, is, well, he's not even my ex. We're not officially divorced, but he's my ex, um, is Ralphie May, a comedian. And he's on the road all the time. So it was really hard for him to maintain a podcast. So my concept with him was to go collect audio or interviews with people. And then we would sit down and discuss it between us. And it was really fun. It was a lot of work and a lot of editing early on. So the, the production value earlier on in the podcast is different than it is now. But my rule has always been that I think everybody is famous now. Because everybody kind of lives on the internet. It doesn't matter if it's your neighbor. If you meet somebody in the grocery store and you Google them, you're going to most likely find something out about them on the internet. 
Um, and with that in mind, then I think everybody sort of has a, a right or an opportunity to have a story that they could tell and be interviewed. And so that's my only rule is that they haven't really shared that story anywhere else on the Internet. And then we can talk about it. And, you know, because once it's on the Internet, once it's out there, once you've done it on a, on a podcast, it's kind of evergreen. It can always be listened to and downloaded. So um, but Mike is a is a comedian and he's pretty he's doing great. And I love Mike. I've known him for years. He's actually been on the podcast a bunch of times. Oh, good. Um, but. But I did like that last interview with him a lot because we talked about his incarceration. And I just – I can't even relate. To, I, I I live in like this crazy white world. I was like, <laughs> dude, I'm fascinated by your experience because that is so far from mine. He's amazing. I love Mike. I had the same experience listening to it because I'm – you know, I'm a nerdy white kid. Yeah. I've, uh, and and <laughs> I, I've lived very much a weird owl life. I don't – I don't really – I don't drink that much. I don't party. I'm right. just – I'm in my own little – uh, nerd well, world. Thirty-one but... to lose your virgin. I think Mike was like thirteen <laughs> or something when he yeah, talked about it. Yeah, right. So it's, yeah, he's experienced a lot of stuff in his life. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Everyone has a story. I embrace technology and the internet and social media so much because it really it helps people, anyone, everyone, get it out there. And that's that's also uh, why I love having this show because you know it helps me to meet. Uh, great people like you. I mean, we we've never met before right, today, today, right? Now we're and thanks to the magic buddies. of Twitter, here we are. <laughs> yeah. Um, and uh, my my show actually, it's it's genesis, uh, more or less came from Twitter, and it's gone through many transitions. It was formerly the friend or foe show, F O E, and now it's you know friend or foe. Used to have a co-host. Now it's just me. It's it's uh, it's great and powerful how how we're able to. Um, you know, uh, continue generating new things and new ideas and and growing. Yeah, you know, I mean, I think a lot of people, too, are are fixated on, you know, I want to have a podcast and I, I want uh, like a million subscribers or whatever it is. I, I love doing it and I love that people are interested in listening to it. Um, but the, like you said, the best part is that I get to hang out with people and get to know them. And I, I mean, I, I don't know. I, th- I, I hope. I hope it continues to build. It'd be great to have a million subscribers, but that's not why I do it. I do it because it's just really, really fun. And uh, I mean, if nobody's listening, <laughs> then you're just putting it out there. But... Then it tends to be an issue. But that's... you know what? It goes into space. Right. So who knows where it'll end up? That's right. Right. The Martians are listening to you. <laughs> who knows? Talk to Nikki right now. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> Nikki. Yeah. Nikki wants. She's. She and I. She was sort of like a co-host for a while. She just. Hmm. She came in and started helping. And God, she's got great stories. And she's one of those women who is very like sexually liberated that I'm just like in awe of her honesty and just what she does with her body. I'm just like, that's I I, I like it. I think it's cool. I will preface this by saying I know she's going to be embarrassed, but she's also aware that I'm going to be talking about her on a, on this show. I'm actually Polly and I'm dating someone who is not. And po- Polly? Polyamorous. I What is this? Multiple? Um, Yes, as opposed to an open relationship where you have a a girlfriend, a a main person that you're seeing, and then free to have sexual partners with whoever you want. Polyamory is dating multiple people. You're you're still free to have sexual relationships as long as all partners are aware of the activity. That's the glue that keeps it together is that all partners involved have to be aware of of what's happening. So you have several partners, like several people that you're I, dating? I have. At the same time. Mm-hmm. 
and so and and you just don't sneak around. That's right. So there's no cheating. There is jealousy, obviously, because that's human. Right. Uh, and we interesting that, that you went from waiting to 31 to lose your virginity <laughs> to, to yes, I've I've come a long way to in wanting my, uh, to have my multiple partners. No, that's terrific. But I well, think thank you. that's more honest to what we're supposed to be doing, anyways. Like monogamy doesn't really make sense. It doesn't work for me. There were animals. Animals. There, they say that there are monogamous animals, and I've I've looked at it up. I, I don't think there really are. Like, all that stuff about, like, swans, I, it's, like, bullshit. Dating. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Mating for life. There's, like, bacteria that live inside of us, and they fuck each other. Like, all the time. Yeah. Yeah. So there's no sense in monogamy. I mean, I, I think it works to some degree for, you know, like, raising children and trying to—because the ecosystem is so hard to survive in without having, a, you know— because we don't have a, like a tribal situation where we have people that we can really lean on, like you know. Mm-hmm. But but sexually, it, it doesn't work, does it? Well, I I not don't want to I don't want to speak for everyone. Right, I, but from a, I, my, I we're seeing it not yeah, work I, a I, lot. I do agree. It it doesn't work for me. Not not anymore. I've had lots of discussions um, uh, with the person I'm seeing. Uh, so about you have it one and, key person that you're with, or is currently it's. Um, <laughs> Complicated is a severe understatement, but she wants to be monogamous. She does not really subscribe to polyamory. Okay, um, only because monogamy works for her, and right. polyamory works for me. You know, she's a little bit monogamous, <laughs> and you're a little bit polyamorous. Yes, exactly. You know, we we continue to have discussions about it. It's a trial. But it's but it's worth it because the 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 person that I'm dating now she's incredibly special to me she's okay. she's very very special we have each other's heart uh, she she is doing her very best to be understanding of me so I'm you know doing all that I can to be understanding of how long have you guys her. been together um, uh, nearly a year now and you've been monogamous I wasn't um, I. I told her that I was polyamorous um, from the very beginning, and she knew that. And um, she allowed me to pursue that um, far into our relationship. And we've. Was she also sort of dating other people at the beginning? She did temporarily date someone else. It didn't work out. Mm. Mm-hmm. Well, it didn't work out, but it, it, I guess it doesn't work out all the time because you're sure, of course. dating other Just people. Just like, yes. Yeah. It's not meant to really. Is it meant to work out forever? I don't even know. I guess you could have a relationship with one partner while having other partners throughout your entire life. Why not continually go back to that person? Because, right? Right. It's so much better than cheating. Oh, my God. I don't understand why people would cheat on. I mean, I've I've experienced that. I've not ever cheated on anyone, but I've been on the recipient. What is the receiving end? Right. (laughs) And uh, you just, you know, I'm like, if you want to go with somebody else, just tell me. And I think there's something about it that must feel like fun for that person to do it. I don't know. I, I haven't really, I've never done it, so I don't know. I, I would feel terrible, but. Right. Well, I think I think sometimes that a lot of men are, they they get off by the sneakiness. Right. Women you know? too, maybe too, right? I mean, sure. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. And uh, I don't. Or they don't want to give up what they have with the person. The Because look, I mean, if you. You might have to give because up this it would relationship hurt them too much. If yeah, right. Yeah, you don't want to give it up, or you also love that person, but you just have an urge. I don't know if something comes along, and yeah. 
but to just be open about it, it's ideal. Do you ever worry about diseases? Of course. Yeah, I'm terrified. <laughs> worry, worry, yes. Especially uh, L.A. Just This is like a fucking Petri dish. I'm sorry if I can curse. I don't oh, even know. But yeah. that, you have to Fuck say yes. that when you're talking sure. about STDs because it's just, I'm terrified. It seems like it's just really easy to accidentally, you know, pick up something. Oh, yeah. But. Sure, sure. You don't want any uh, creepy crawlies uh, yeah, digging around down there. Yeah. I definitely don't. Um, I'm a germaphobe as it is. So yeah. I'm extra neurotic. Yeah, you wait you wait until 31 to lose your virginity. You don't want to have to catch exactly. something that jacks right. that up. I'm extraordinarily safe. When I was with any other partners, obviously, I, you know, using condoms, always Do you always use a, par- a condom with your key partner too? Or the, with that partner, you can be a little more lax. That's right. So you always have one kind of person and then you kind of can play around if you meet somebody that you want to be with. Is that, am I understanding that correctly? Absolutely. How do you meet people? Like, how do you do that? All the ways I um, I'm on Bumble and Tinder and well not currently but I was using the dating apps and um, uh, including some really odd ones like Sizzle. I don't Did even you hear know of that. Sizzle? No. It was the uh, it was the dating app for bacon lovers. Ah. Yeah. Really? That actually existed. Yeah. That's hilarious. Yeah. Ew. <laughs> Are you just saying that? I mean, you're not, but no, are you it, just saying, like, totally I'm, I'm really fat, so come find me on Sizzle? <laughs> well, hey, I love bacon. I guess so. Okay. I also really or love it's Mountain also saying, Dew, which hey, I keep getting yelled at. For. If you don't want to be on Sizzle, just go to J Date. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> That's it's like kosher. pretty clear. We don't want Jews on our, on our dating app. <laughs> I'm Jewish, so I could say that. All are but welcome. But, anyways, here. okay, so. <laughs> Sizzle. All right, so you get on there and you and you would just say, I'm in a relationship, but I'm looking for more. Mm-hmm. But again, it's all about open discussion and letting people know, uh, letting letting all partners know what is happening and keeping them updated. There's no reason to cheat. There's no viable reason right. to cheat. Right, right. So ultimately, if she doesn't want you to be with other people and you can't take that, then it's not the right relationship, which we're, is a shame because I know you really like her. We're, we're working on it and working through it and we're... Does she want to get married? Is that we do not. Oh, okay. So then no, what's no no marriage in the future, no. Okay. Does she want to have children? No. Okay. So one hundred percent no. Do you ever want to have children? I no. No, no interest. <laughs> so then not really. yeah, so then there really isn't any re- I mean, I, I really think unless there's like some sort of I don't know, reason to financially be bound to that person or you know, or to make it make kids, like I don't know. Going through a divorce, I've just been like it's been really interesting to learn how terrible that is. Like, it's just a totally different thing. I never thought I would ever be here, but I actually shouldn't say it's all terrible. I did a joke last night where I said getting divorced is kind of like the first time you do mushrooms. Because <laughs> it's pretty awesome once you get, once you get away from it. Because if you're not, like, there was, we weren't, ha- I, I wasn't all that happy. I didn't know I wasn't, but I, I've been a lot happier in many ways, like many ways now. But, but it's like a it's a mess to undo like what seventeen years of her life. So <laughs> fun. I uh, I'm uh, a child waka of waka. divorce. So are you? I'm I'm very aware of the whole oh. the whole. Where did you um, grow up? Southern Illinois. Okay, so you said it was very conservative. Extremely. And you were raised by both parents. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, they divorced when I was sixteen. Oh, not even young, that young for you. Right. So, I mean, I, I was very aware of everything. It wasn't that I was, you know, too too young not to get it. I actually expected it for a while. You, they, saw, the, you saw it before they oh, did. Oh, 
Oh, absolutely. When how so you know, are they, they fighting? They always loved each other, but they didn't really like each other. Mm. So that that caused a lot of issues, and I'm happy that they that they parted ways. Um, my dad remarried, and he's you know uh, he's been with his new wife for a long time now, and they are very very happy. And so um, you know they they just it 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 caused too many situations between them and and uh you know while i was growing up just uh, a lot of a lot of yelling and hmm. emo feelings you know <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh no i know so. yeah i mean it's hard i've i've got pretty young kids so i it's hard for them to kind of wrap their mind around it i mean they've been cuz they don't really understand yet but they will as they get older, and I don't know, I'm I'm their sole caregiver, so like 100. percent So that's kind of a whole other thing. <laughs> but you're doing you're doing pretty well. I'm trying. You've got a successful career. Trying. <laughs> so by saying successful, meaning that I make money. Well, I, well I found you. So you found me. Yeah, through, you know. Uh, I'm doing pretty Through your well. comedy, so. It's uh, funny because as entertainers and comedians, I feel like we're always really looking in front of us at what we haven't done as opposed to behind us at what we have accomplished. So if you take a minute and you turn around and you look down the mountain, you're like, yeah, I'm doing pretty good. I've been doing stand-up for like 13 years. And I've produced now like this visual album. I have a couple of other albums out of one hour special. Those are all really big things. Um, I'm not able to tour that much right now, so I'm not able to generate income just because I am with the kids all the time. But I've got this other project that I'm working on for the summer and I'm trying to get another one hour special, which is in the works. So Great. yeah, there are good things. But yeah, I'm really but I think we we're always looking up going, fuck, I could be so much more successful. Of course. <laughs> so but but success is all relative. Like when when I first started comedy, um, all I wanted to do was be able to perform. I my dream was always to perform at festivals, like outdoor festivals and concerts, thing and con- like on the comedy stage at it. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. So that's pretty attainable. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> it's pretty low rung. Absolutely. <laughs> so I've done a couple of things like that. So you know, set the bar low, then you'll feel. What like was you've one done of your uh, favorite experiences of of live performances that you've done? Oh my gosh. Well, I can pinpoint a couple, but like probably the most surreal performance was in Iraq. I performed in, um, at Camp Victory, which is, um, in Baghdad, which is on, it's, um, it was located in Saddam Hussein's compound. So it's massive. And we slept in his house, swim in his pool. Wait, wait, wait. Rewind. Yes. In his house? In his house. It had been, ransacked and bombed so (laughs) we stayed in one of the bedrooms um and there was no furniture left virtually virtually no furniture there was like this one chair in the entrance that was too is very heavy and bulky and when the when his house was like i guess it got ransacked by locals they Mm -hmm. ran in there and took everything they could um but they couldn't take this one gigantic chair that i think it like basically says death to israel on it in Arabic, but I sat in the chair. And then of course. He had a like a big table that wasn't removed and there was like an old bed that was in one of the bedrooms, but pretty much everything was gone. They still had golden toilets in the room where we were. So I, I used a golden toilet and the cro- <laughs> took a golden shower in the golden yeah, toilet. I would have. Um and then I mean swimming in his pool was pretty cr- it was amazing, but like they 
our military bombed his compound when they were looking for him. And so I went up on the roof, and you could stand over the point where the missile entered the house. So it it was about as wide as, you know, if I spread my legs comfortably, <laughs> spread them <laughs> apart. You could stand, you could look down in where the bomb, and so each level, it was several levels to the house. So it was just the hole would get, it was bigger and bigger and bigger until mm-hmm. it hit the the bedroom. I think it was his master suite where it actually and then it just explodes. And that whole part of the house was, you know, decimated. Right. But everything else was was still as it was. And so the show we did there was on the footsteps of his palace. It was like on the balcony, which is not – calling it a balcony is, you know, it would be like standing on the front of like a, any um, government building, you know, like a big area with a covering kind of thing. And then the troops were – there's probably 2,000 military personnel like in the – area in front and then um i'm standing up on stage as the sun is setting it's beautiful and uh there's rpg missiles in the distance like it's a crazy crazy night that's unbelievable yeah it was amazing that was that was probably one of the the coolest shows ever but i've gotten to do a lot of really cool shows i'm really lucky um you know i got to work for years with ralphie who works pretty decent sized theaters or did anyways. And so I got to go, we had this kind of two week rule where I would go on the road and meet in places. And it was perfect because I could work and pay my way. We didn't have to pay another act to come. And it got a little old for me though. I have to be honest because I, I was done featuring five years at least earlier than to which I kept doing it because it was trying to keep the kids with him and the marriage together unsuccessfully. But uh, I would go and, and got to perform in, in just about every city and theaters and comedy clubs, beautiful rooms. So that's cool. And nude comedy, that's a fun thing. I did some nudist oh, comedy. Oh, really? Yeah. I talked with my previous guest about, uh, I just auditioned for a nude comedy troupe. Really? Mm-hmm. For improv? Mm-hmm. That's even more frightening because you're with other nude people on stage at the same time. And there's there's actually like physical contact, right? It was for a stand-up show. I auditioned for the troupe. So they were they were doing a general audition for all of their upcoming program here, or is it? No, no, it was. Um, uh, I think they're just called Nude Comedy LA. Okay. Mm-hmm. I wonder. And if- it was at a was that a studio? Uh, it was at a a venue in Studio City. Oh, it might have been the place where I did it. It was a little tiny theater and it was acting, little acting theater. Mm-hmm. Um, I've done it in two places, so I think it might be the same one. There can't be that many Probably. of them. Yeah, it's a really tiny theater. Yeah, right? yeah, it was pretty tiny. Yeah. Yep, with a bathroom. Like the, it's funny because during the intermission, everybody went to use the bathroom, and they had to walk through the little area ba- in the oh, back no. behind stage to use the bathroom. Sure. And I was sitting back there waiting to perform, and it was mostly men. So I was like, it was like just a like a train of of dicks like walking back to the bathroom. <laughs> right. And it's just like I I don't know which way. There's like nowhere to look because I was right at eye level. It was just everywhere. Just walking through a sea anemone. Uh, yeah. Anemone. Yeah. Wow. Sea, sea cucumbers. <laughs> yeah. Sea cucumbers. Yes. Yes. That was the analogy I was right. looking for. Yes. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> it was. But yeah, that. So I did that show there. That was the last one I did. But I I did um. Another nude comedy show about a year and a half earlier. I I don't want to be a nude comic like that's not my thing. I don't want to be like, hey, there's Lana, the nudist comic. That it was more about the challenge of doing it because I had a panic attack before the first one, and as because I performed so much for so many years, getting that sense of like nervousness and then getting through it is a rush now. Like I want that. I want to do as like just jacked up weird shows, which. 
you know, I get to do all the, a lot of them. I mean, I did a show recently where, I mean, we, it was just in like this horrible venue without a microphone and like, you just had to figure out how to get through it. And, uh, and it went great, but you know. Those are always really the best performances when it looks like doom, uh-huh. but but it, it just goes wonderful. And of course, you know, um, for performers, that instant gratification is is such a is such a rush. Yeah. Um, well, yeah, it, it's addictive, right? To it is. That laugh. Absolutely. Yeah. Every time you start to feel like something's wrong if you haven't been on stage in a while. There's there's something very broken about both of us <laughs> that that you feel You ain't kidding sister. Yeah, <laughs> I I know. Um but I also have to say now there's something really really valuable in not doing well. In that horrible feeling that you get which I I don't want to brag, okay? It doesn't happen very often anymore. I, it didn't happen that much throughout my entire career. I've been very lucky cuz I play guitar and I I just I I'm good at what I do, but to have that really bad show where you walk away going Fuck, oh, I feel like the biggest asshole. What did I do wrong? Is the also incredibly rewarding because then you've got to really analyze what you could have done different and you learn the most. So I like those weird, awful nights now <laughs> when, I have they, a, when they happen. <laughs> I have a lot of those shows here too. Yeah. So <laughs> where I'm like, God damn it, I was such a fucking idiot. Uh, you those know, are the best though. But, but then, you know, the magic of the delete button is, is <laughs> really also. Pretty empowering. Oh, you mean on the podcast? Yeah. Stop. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not believing that. Do your own editing for your for your show? I used to edit it. We used to take a lot of time with it. Now I just go and we record and whatever was done is done. And that's it. And post it. Yeah, I mean, I I don't have the time. I, I really like doing it. It's really fun, but I, I don't have the skill set either to sit down and Oh, edit. goodness, I don't either. Yeah. I don't know what the hell I'm doing. I, I just started working with uh, Audition. So, uh, which I guess is the go-to podcast uh, oh. to editing software. I have no idea. Um, no, I don't even edit a song into it anymore. I mean, I'm super lazy about it, but people seem to like it still. I so. missed it. I missed it uh, a couple shows ago, but I've I've been trying to incorporate music too when yeah. I can. I think it mixes it up a little bit. Yeah, I think it's kind of expected now. You have like a little intro something to your show. I don't know. I'm just like, I'm so busy with everything that I'm like, I'm, every, I'm amazed I'm able to get one up every week. Which I, I somehow have managed. but You do pretty well. What are you yeah. up to? Uh, like 150-something episodes now? A lot. I've had over a million listens That's across the life of the it. podcast. Yeah, I know. It's really – I'm very proud of it. But it's there's a lot of episodes. And then – I mean, that's the thing, too, is that it grows, right? So if you have old content, people can go back and listen to that. So it increases the number of listens. So sure. It's, I, I'm, yeah, it's it, – last I checked – it had over a million just individual listens, but some some of the podcasts have more than others. So, oh sure, yeah, but yeah. well, we're all doing what we can <laughs> as fellow podcasters. And I also so uh, I also saw that um, Limeade just uh, is is going to be or is on Amazon Video now. It is, yeah, oh, great. What's nice about that is um, that the, uh, it like YouTube. I don't even. I think you get like like two pennies on Amazon, whereas you get maybe a half a penny on, on, on YouTube, right. but it's all, it's free to Amazon prime. So, I mean, I didn't produce Limeade to make money. Like you said about it being cathartic. Right. I, I don't know if I could have sold it. I probably could have, I don't know if it might've made it seem more valuable to people if they had to feel like they had to go in and buy it someplace or get it off of Netflix or something. I, I don't know because it's about perception, right? But 
I, I, I really just wanted to like get it out and put it up for people to watch and hope that it, that people enjoy it. Cause I mean, it's good. I'm proud of it. It is very good. It's, yeah. it's very enjoyable. And, um, all of my listeners should yeah, check no. it out right go, now. Go please. look at it. And if <laughs> here's the thing, if you want me to get two pennies instead of one, you go to Amazon prime or just go to YouTube. It really doesn't matter to me. And then, and then when you love it, you like it and then you share it. Um, or if you just like one video in it, like hate it, the cunt, then you go there and you share it with somebody who you really fucking hate or somebody who, you know, who really hates a cunt. And then, that goes on in the world. That's right. Share the cunt. Share the cunt. Listeners, please. <laughs> I'm on a really cool email list, too, uh, that's uh, Dicks by Mail. you familiar with no. those guys? Yeah. I've used it many times. Uh, what is that? It's exactly what it sounds like. You They, they send a bag of, of gummy dicks uh, anonymously to whoever you'd like to send it to like the edible ones yeah oh there's that i have that one thing in the video where i, I bite saw into, and i put it on a meme up i on saw that yeah to, um so you can why would you do it anonymous <laughs> well or not or so not. anonymously you can you can send it you know uh, it's called bag of dicks uh or, bag of dicks yeah bag of dicks have you sent? i'll it? send it to you oh yes many times to people <laughs> Yes. Oh, that's hilarious. If you send it to me, make sure I know it's it's arriving because sometimes we'll get boxes from, and I'll be like, oh, I don't know what this is. And we'll open it up and my kids will be like, oh, this is, it's candy. And then sure. I'll have to be like, yes, it's gummies. Start popping them like, yeah. like Skittles. And my daughter will be eating a gummy Taste dick a whole different rainbow. Not yeah, no. Probably. <laughs> you know, it's so fun. There's a place, a Cake and Art on Santa Monica hmm. where you can, they make amazing cake, but they also have a um, little closet and they have chocolate penises in there because it's right on Santa Monica and WeHo. So I guess guys go in there and oh, I want a chocolate dick. And the, so what, I was in there ordering my kid's birthday cake. Of course, I bring my kids to choose what they want. And she chose, you know, princess cake and my son chose Star Wars. Sure. And then she looks over and opens the cabinet of chocolate dicks. And she just looks in there. And then she makes kind of this face and I don't think she knew what she saw. I don't think she put it together. Right. She just knew she wasn't supposed to open that closet. I don't think she put it together like they're, you know what I mean? Right, yeah. She's a little younger than she is now. But <laughs> but we were, maybe it was just the awkwardness of, ooh, we need to close, <laughs> yeah. close, close the cabinet. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so if you send the uh, gummy dicks to me, that uh, I, yeah. I will let you know ahead of time. <laughs> Don't worry. No no anonymous dicks to you, Lana. Well, I mean, there's lots of kids on my street. They'll all be running around, like, sharing their candies <laughs> with everyone. And I'll just be like... Yeah, and then I'll have that, that nice red dot over, yeah. my, over my apartment. <laughs> well, no, I mean, all the... My, my neighbors, you know, the parents will be like, oh, there's Lana again with her, yep. with her candy dicks. <laughs> Sorry, guys. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> I guess it if, again. You, if you cut it up, they won't know what it is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Segmented dicks. Yeah. Oh my. Who did you send them to? Oh boy. I've I've uh Oh, you sent them to a lot of people. Well, I I uh I sent one to Bank of America cuz I really hate those guys. <laughs> and uh What a waste of money. <laughs> probably true, but I felt better about myself. Wait, um, and when saying polyamorous, are you also bisexual? Yes. Okay. I was. I, th I figured. I don't know. Uh, those don't necessarily go together, but I. I yes, I. I am. So mm -hmm. that's okay. So, did, did with your current girlfriend, does that complicate it for her as well? Because that would yes. seem that would that would mean even more exploration for the two of you as well. 
Like, would she be comfortable? She wouldn't be comfortable bringing a second guy into her life, would she? Well, I totally changed the subject from Bank no, of America. No, 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 no. No, that's totally fine. I, I do um, want to hear about the dummy uh, no, cops we're, at Bank we're, of America. No, we're done talking about Bank of Dicks. Um, okay. But, uh, no, I'm, I'm very glad that you brought that up. Uh, yes, it is... It is definitely a constant discussion. <laughs> I know I, I sound like a brokered record with that, but it's it's definitely that. Because she cares about me so very much, she she is always open to to talking about it and um, fielding conversation on it. But it's it's definitely it's a trial, as as any relationship is on on either side, on any side of the right. spectrum. You know? It's always hard. I mean, you got you could have a relationship where somebody doesn't like, you know, so, I don't know, like. Somebody doesn't want to doesn't like horror movies. I mean, like whatever it is, it causes a problem and right. a rift in the relationship. Just this is a like a little heavier. But I know a lot of I've known throughout my life a lot of um, couples to have a third person participate mm-hmm. or join in or even have three people in the relationship or more sometimes. But I don't know. You're you've got way more experience with that. God, look at you. You lose your virginity at thirty one, <laughs> and then you're wait. Did you lose your virginity to a man or a woman? To a woman. To a woman. Mm-hmm. So did how long did it take you from 31 after being with women to realize that you wanted to experience I always knew. Men? You always knew. Uh, Is that what took you so I, long? I, Wait, had it, you... Well, okay. I shouldn't, I shouldn't say I always knew. I didn't always know that I was also, you know, sexually, romantically attracted to men, but I knew... Uh, you know, there were some instances uh, in my in my childhood where I would, you know, I, I have a lot of different fetishes anyway. And, you know, I would like what? I would I would masturbate to, uh, um, you know, as everyone does to posters. And there was there was a friend of mine um, growing up that I never it, it never really circulated that way in my brain until much later but you know i i would i would masturbate um thinking about him and things of that nature but i never i never took it any farther than that as <laughs> i i have a tf fetish um you've heard of furries oh are you a furry no nope, not oh. a furry not a furry i don't know what tf um, means well it's um a transformation um werewolves for example not someone that has already uh become a werewolf which would be uh, analogous to a furry but someone in the process of transformation uh, of of transfer of transforming into a wolf uh, or another another creature I I don't uh, I've I've traced it back really far I don't know exactly where the genesis of that came from for I you think, or for ev- for anybody well i i can only speak for myself to psych 101 myself i i believe that as i've as i talked with you previously my life has been continual very bold uh transitions a very um it 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 took me so long to really find out how i work and how i tick and i think a lot of my life i wanted to be someone else I wanted to be something else and so I think that particular fetish speaks to that speaks to that psychology that um, if I were to become a wolf or a cat or a bat or whatever it happens to be then I'm translating myself to a different perspective of life that takes me away from who I am so I can 
take a break from that for a little while. Oh, interesting. It's, it's sort of, um, I've, I've also um, compared it to like escapism with my love of pop culture. I love being in the movie theater. It helps me to escape everything that's within my world. I think that romantic attachment in my psyche is sort of the same thing. It, it helps pull me away from all the crap I got uh, mucking up my mind. Oh. S- Sorry, I have so I many questions. Mean- <laughs> <laughs> Please, just, drop I've them on ne- me. I, I've never um, been a furry. I did date a very hairy man once. <laughs> okay, a bear? <laughs> he was just, yeah, I guess he, he was... Um, He's the sweetest guy. We were really Aww. good friends, and I I adored him. If I saw him today, I would still adore him. Incredibly talented, smart guy. Very hairy. I was not attracted to how hairy he was, but I, I loved him because of who he was. We were friends, and we should never have dated. Like, it wasn't meant to be. But, um, but like incredible but not but I wouldn't call myself a furry because <laughs> that's a whole so you said there's a different point I'm not making fun but there's like no, a different no. point so you're saying like a furry is somebody who like has gone has wants somebody who's uh, fully fr- transitioned into well, that animal well let me and then let there's me a whole be, transitional let me, period let me clarify because okay. I'm going to get a lot of uh, angry emails I'm, oh, I'm, I'm already sorry. sure no no not from you oh. I'm just of my own uh, uh, misrepresentation people of feel like explaining you're... it because they'll be like that's not what it is because well, so, for everybody it's so going to be their own identification though right absolutely there are there's a broad (laughs) spectrum of many uh many different um um um, i don't want to say labels um but uh, i I don't want to i didn't want to laugh at it i just there's something very comedic about like somebody dressing up as like a giant squirrel and then being like frisky and like but uh, yeah yes but um, i can see what you're saying about wanting to be somebody else for that's a furry um someone who is uh they they are attracted to uh people in suits Hmm. that that like in the costumes in the costumes but you know what in some way we're all attracted to some sort of form of suit or fashion like a a man that i like might actually be very very well dressed and so who's to say, you know, and that might just remind me of my father as a child, because that's my early association with what a man should be right. like as a little girl. Like I like I like a scruffy guy because I remember when I was a little girl, my dad would tuck me in at night and he would kiss me and he would sometimes he would rub his face on my face. And uh-huh. it wasn't sexual, but it was of like course. that's what a man's supposed to feel like is like sandpapery on his face. So it's something about like a guy that hasn't shaved for a while just having that like five o'clock shadow mm, i like that my lady really likes it when i uh she likes the goatee because mm-hmm. when when i don't have the facial hair i i lose 12 years and yeah, i look like a baby, a baby man face. i look like a baby man yeah um but she likes it when i when i'm you just said you lost your virginity at 31 <laughs> that was last year <laughs> thank you dear thank you very much man we have so much furry talk we have <laughs> we definitely do we, yeah we have to it sucks that we were running out of time right now. So let's do more. For, I I have, I have so many questions for you. Absolutely. About not just furry, but also about just in general. You're exactly, exactly what I wanted. Like, I don't oh, know. It's and, so interesting. Anytime. Thank you so much. And and really, truly, thank you. Uh, thank you for, for being on the show. Thank you for being on my show. <laughs> and, <laughs> um, and uh, Lana, where can people find you? Oh, um, it's L-A-H-N-A, Turner, T-U-R-N-E-R, and that's on all my social media platforms. And Limeade, I believe if you just go on to 
YouTube and type in Limeade, like the beverage, it'll bring up the movie, or you could just go to Lana Turner videos. And I believe the same thing is true on Amazon. So um, so please enjoy, and uh, and then let me know what you think. Excellent. Please check that out, guys. And uh, where can people find you now? <laughs> uh, <laughs> thank you. Uh, I am Devlin Wilder on all the places, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and you can find the show at Friend or Faux Pod, that's F-A-U-X, also on uh, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and you can subscribe to and listen to the show, please do, on all the places, iTunes, now Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spreaker, Google Play, and very soon to be on iHeartRadio, so definitely wow. check us out there. Lana Turner, thank you so much. Thank Zip, you. Thank you for engineering us all the way to the end. And uh, all right. We'll See do this again next. soon. We sure will. Awesome. Bye, guys. Bye. Party when I graduate MIT, we're gonna go bowling naked. Cause I'm a sex nerd. Sex nerd. I'm making a sex robot in my science class. It's got a Tesla coil and it runs on lithium batteries. It's really cool.
Visit JabberjawMedia.com for more shows like this one.